Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, then please do not continue to listen until after you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today, we are covering another listener request. So this was uh, requested by Nicole again. Thank you again, Nicole, for requesting all of the movies that you did. The movie that we are covering today, we're, we're going in sequential order, is not Carrie to the Rage, but according to IMDb, it is The Rage Carrie 2. <laughs> Why it needed to be like... <laughs> yeah, like everything. Because it's just so common for sequels to be like, blah, blah, 2. And then, you know, some like fancy bit name. But no, it's some specifically yeah. The Rage and then Carrie 2. <laughs> tea is so good. What are you drinking today? So today I finally went to Target and uh, restocked my tea collection and we'll be getting other tea soon that we'll be announcing, Um, but that's a secret for now. But (laughs) today I am drinking the Tazo Zen Tea and it's got green tea, uh, lemongrass and spearmint in it. It just, it sounded lovely. So I wanted to try it. (laughs) And... I've had a very long trying day, so I am drinking Bigelow Benefits stress-free tea. It's their rose and mint tea. Ooh, it is an herbal blend, but oh my god, it's so good! You know, so good. It is caffeine-free, but it's a good one to just bring down the day and just kind of relax and just (laughs) unwind. See, all of your teas sound so good, and I keep saying that I want to try them, but then I never do. It's like, I, I either need you to make a list, or I need to go back and just listening, listen to the beginning of our podcast episode and write down the teas. We're almost through this pandemic. Oh. We've almost finished with our vaccines. It'll be fine. I'll make you a little care package, and we'll do an exchange, a tea exchange. <laughs> a tea exchange. I love it. Tea exchange. Yes. So I'll, I'll steal some of yours and I'll bring you some of mine and it'll be fine. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so the summary of the movie is, oh, I don't, so I'm I'm just reading the, the live summary of IMDb and I already don't like it. So I'm just going to make up my own and we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Um, can you tell this is off the cuff, guys? But anyways, so it's a very similar setup to Carrie, but instead of it being a girl named Carrie, it's a girl named Rachel, who we later find out is the half-sibling of Carrie because they share the same father because the telekinetic powers is genetic, apparently, through the father's side. And, uh, but the, this, uh, this version of Carrie or Rachel is very different and she's, uh, she's very pretty. She, uh, she's definitely 
not in the in group, but she's not as much of an outcast as Carrie. Um, but anyways, uh, Sue Snell, which is the, I believe, the counselor of the school, kind of recognizes the, which, if you've recalled, she's the the girlfriend of the boyfriend that took Carrie to the prom in the first movie. She's the chick that tried to help and failed miserably. Yes, and she's a, the only survivor of the massacre. Anyway, she was recognizing the symptoms that Rachel was having as similar to what Carrie was having, so she was trying to stop her from creating another massacre. And the massacre happened anyways. And then there's this convoluted like love story between Rachel and I forgot the guy's name, but nice, nice jock. Jesse, thank you. Um, and she she actually she gets so enraged that she I don't know I don't think she purposely tries to kill him but or maybe in the she was starting to okay but then she changed her mind and she pushed him out of the way and she died instead and so the movie ends with him in college and like seeing her I'm sorry she didn't push him away. She freaking threw him. <laughs> she yeeted him away. <laughs> Just yeeted him away. <laughs> she tossed him like a, uh, uh, like a, a yeah, yeah, like a rag doll. But anyways, so entertainment. First, I want to do a little disclaimer. So with listener requests, I just want to let everyone out there. We. Our number one priority is we want to be not just honest with you guys, but we also want to be kind. And so, okay. So these are our opinions. Yes. If and you really, really like the movie, it's everybody likes different things. Yes. And at the end of the day, our opinion doesn't matter. It's like the, the whole point of this podcast isn't for... You two listen to us as a podcast reviewer gods and, you know, heed our, you know, views or whatever. No, it's to create a conversation between people and um, create a deeper discussion on why we like some movies and why we don't and just continue the conversation. So I was the community, the horror community. And yes, yes. And I so I respect anyone that likes this movie. I have no problem with anyone liking this movie. But me personally, this is not my favorite movie that I've seen. So for entertainment, unfortunately, this is going to be one of the lowest entertainment scales that I've ever rated a movie. I'm going to give it a four. But the reason being is normally I would do a five if it was like an okay movie. Like I, it didn't really impact my life, but it also is like I could go, it's a toss up. But like this movie, for me personally, I don't feel like it really impacted the original Carrie story much. And in fact, I feel like it kind of diluted a lot of the original content of the story. And, you know, I, I'm not a hardcore Carrie fan or anything like that, but I do appreciate the the meaning of the original story and what was trying to be portrayed and stuff like that. Um, but this movie was very much like it was the 90s of 90s movies, like all the tropes, like the outcasts, like wore grunge and then the the high schoolers being way older than the, like they were probably like 
early 20s, mid 20s, rather than like actual high schoolers, which the original Carrie movie, I don't know if it's because it was an older movie, but I didn't, it seemed like they were the appropriate age or about the appropriate age. I felt like they were a little bit older, but not too much older. Yeah. This one, you can definitely tell they're not high schoolers. Yeah. And have not been high schoolers for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty blatantly obvious. Yeah. They made some artistic decisions with the movie that I feel like was more detrimental to the film than actually uh, helping. And we can talk a little bit more whenever Jess talks about her review But it's like whenever she was about to use her telekinesis, it would go black and white and be kind of like shaky and closed in and stuff. And I understand that they're trying to portray that that was her childhood trauma kind of like taking over her head and causing the telekinesis. But it just happened way too often. And I don't know. I feel like... They could have done it a lot differently. That made it a lot more interesting and less tropey. The one thing to make note, though, is this movie came out in 1999. And whenever they (laughs) made this movie, it was when those tropes were the most common. So I understand that they were doing what was the most common at the time. But, I mean, we've seen so many timeless movies that didn't stick with the tropes. It's like sometimes to make a timeless movie or a movie that's more impactful, you have to kind of think outside of the box. And this, at least for me, this movie didn't really seem to think much outside the box. It essentially took the Carrie story and translated it to the 90s. A little. Yeah. So I don't feel like it was out of four. (laughs) Personally, I would give it a five and a half. It wasn't quite to the I won't watch this again level, but it was it's more one that kind of fades into the background for me, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a horrible movie, but it's definitely not one I'm gonna reach for time and again. It was very heavily dated. Like, if you had heard nothing about this movie and it was on and you started watching it, you would be able to guess the era like that. Like, yeah, you know, 90s. oh, hey, look, we're back in the 90s. Yeah, for real. <laughs> From the music to the, uh, the fashion styles, their clothing, the way they acted, the different tropes, everything was super 90s. Yeah. So... I feel like that detracted from it a little bit. We couldn't necessarily focus on the story some of the times because it was just screaming 90s at us so much. Yeah. And it's just in your face the entire time. It was one of the most 90 movies to ever 90. Yeah. And it's like on the, you know, I can see some people arguing is like, oh, well, you know, is that time or whatever? But movies like Nightmare on Elm Street is like, yes, it's slightly dated but it's not like so in your face that it's that time period that it detracts from the story well this all i was watching i'm like oh it's a it's like a a 90s teenage romance that went horribly wrong yes Yes. (laughs) that's what it felt like for sure yeah definitely i don't 
really understand the reason behind them trying to connect the two movies. Yeah. I feel like that wasn't necessary. And yeah, it's kind of cool that they brought the the girl back, the teacher from that time. But I feel like they could have done it better. If that's the direction they really wanted to stick with, I feel like it could have been done better. Mm-hmm. Really make it more of like exactly what happened to Carrie. Have her be a complete outcast. No friends. And then have someone reach out only to just fall short and everything just going horribly wrong. If you're going to connect it and all and have or try to do a lot of parallels with it, then just do it. Just commit and do it. Or just make a different movie altogether. Yeah, it's like a, I feel like they either should have committed to it being like a Carrie remake Mm -hmm. um, or a Carrie reinterpretation, because that's really what it came off as. Or make it a completely separate movie that maybe it was inspired by Carrie, which is totally fine, but you don't have to go all the lengths to try and connect it out. Now, and especially since so many of the scenes were very similar to the original Carrie movie, at the same time, it's like, oh, that's cool. There's parallels. But at the same time, at least to me, it came off as a little bit lazy because those scenes, they didn't do anything to make the scenes better than they were in the original. And if anything, they were very lackluster. I don't know. Did you get that impression, too, that just kind of seemed like they weren't trying terribly hard to on the like the lipstick scene? It's just it was such a 90s scene to be like, oh, the the popular girl tries to help the outcast. Just oh, she was beautiful yeah. all along. <laughs> it's like we already knew that she was. Yeah, yeah, this is nothing new. Changing her lip color is not going to change the fact that she already looked beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's very different than Carrie, where no no insult to the actor that played Carrie, but she was not the most attractive person. And so whenever she got dolled up and like fixed her hair and did full makeup, it really did transform her in a positive way. It's really, you know, like a um, like a Princess Diaries moment. Uh, But it's like in this movie, it's like, yeah, she looks slightly nicer than she did before she looked exactly the same Uh, yeah (laughs) even the lipstick color that they chose was only slightly different from her normal look yeah that it didn't make any difference whatsoever (laughs) yeah and you know at that time period makeup really wasn't a very heavy um, they would oftentimes either just do lip color or they would do very neutral um, so it's like, I can understand why she wouldn't be a hundred percent way more dolled up than, you know, uh, like the original Carrie was. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, the makeup for that time was different as well. Uh, it is really cool though, to watch a movie in the seventies and then watch a very similar movie in the nineties and see the, the differences in culture. Like that, that in itself is really interesting. I also feel like the underlying issue in the movie is very, very different from the original and just kind of falls short. Like in the original, it was, Oh, they're really hardcore bullying her. And so they were banned from, or almost banned from a dance. So it was this petty thing that turned into a horrible tragedy. Whereas Mm -hmm. in this one, 
it's a horrible thing that's happening. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And it's not so much a tragedy when she snaps and goes off and kills people. Yeah, they seem to kind of deserve it to some level. I mean, it it wasn't quite like they they deserve to be murdered kind of thing. Yeah. But you can definitely understand why she went off like that. And you don't really feel bad for the guys at all. Mm-hmm. At all. And for anyone who hasn't seen the movie... The, the reason why she goes off is she finds out that a lot of the jocks essentially made a list of girls that they had sex with and they would rate them. Um, and so they told her that Jesse, the guy that she kind of sort of started going out with, uh, she had had sex with him as well. They were claiming that he was doing this point system, though um, even be- was, he had a couple other names on there. And they did show him sleeping with a different girl before he got with Rachel. Yeah, but I didn't get as into it. Yeah, and I felt like he actually um, cared for Rachel. Like, then, as much as I hated the scene of them showing the dog get run over, like, oh my god, that just... (laughs) ah, I don't want to see a dog get hit. That's just traumatizing. But anyways... I can see why that it was important to have that scene in there because it gave them a point of connection. Now, I kind of wish they would have just like seen the car, you know, get close to the dog and then her scream and then cut back to the dog being hurt. That would have been preferable. Um, oh, and the dog lives. So this movie gets props for that. Thank you, movie, for not killing off the dog. <laughs> Every time Walter was on the screen, we were like, oh, there he is. He's okay. Look at his little cone. I know. Look at his cone. And he has casts on. Oh, I know. Baby's in a cone of shame. <laughs> and, and then he... He had the dog when he went to college. Oh, like there's little bits and pieces of this movie that kind of warm your heart. But everything else kind of just is subpar. It just, it's not like bad, bad, but it's not very memorable. Mm -hmm. So it just, again, it just kind of fades into the background. Yeah. Almost like white noise. Yeah. So, a couple other things, just real quick, that I didn't understand or care for in this movie. Again, the black and white scenes at random for no reason. They more detracted from the movie than anything. Yeah. I get what they were trying to do is just make that call to her past and everything, but we watched it at the beginning of the movie. We get it. Yeah. We don't need that detracting from everything because at first you kind of wonder if there's something wrong with the movie <laughs> like if you're doing <laughs> it wrong if the site's yeah. an issue or something but it keeps happening and it it doesn't add anything to it yeah it takes you out of the scene yeah. so it doesn't really help also yeah. the high voltage sound whenever she uses her ability yeah. unnecessary kind of painful rest in peace headphone users yeah. So, but again, it was it was just unnecessary because we can see the effect of her powers. She's generally looking in that direction when it happens too. So, it, you don't really need it. 
we get what's happening. The audience is not stupid. Just have the thing happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the first thing I w- want to mention wrapping up is this movie is definitely a very ty- different type of tragedy to where, you know, initially for like Carrie is like the, the tragedy of her finally getting what she always wanted, but then her also taking it away. Um, which, you know, partially wasn't her fault because of, um, you know, what happened to her. Um, while this one, it's like, yeah, she is an outcast and she started to get um, at least uh, somewhat what she wanted. But it's like, even though she got what she wanted, she still died because she was saving her her boyfriend or the person that she cared about. So I thought that's a kind of a, an interesting dynamic. But okay, one scene that I wanted to bring up that I was like, what the hell were they thinking? It's such a Stephen King moment. Okay, so they have the one of the jocks pull down his pants and that, bend yes. over. Oh, and I the it out. Yeah, and the coach was like, did he ask him if he, he's like, I don't see a tampon or some. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I was just checking for a tampon. Like, you know, at, at first, this movie deceives you. Because at first you're like, oh, I'm not seeing a lot of the violence and abuse that I was seeing with the original Carrie movie. But then that scene comes up and we're like, whoa, that is... So, so bad. The abuse caboose. What just happened? The abuse caboose. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. It it was hard to watch. And we just sat there stunned for a little bit. Like, excuse you. And it it didn't go quite the way we thought it was going to go when the coach first told him to drop his drawers, which we're grateful for extremely, extremely grateful for. But at the same time, that's awful. And that was the nineties. So that's yeah, no, no, that's so not okay. So it's like this movie has less blatant, abusive and uh, verbal and physical abuse but the abuse that it shows is like, uh, like even just, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that, that was my um, soapbox for that. Like I said, if you like the movie, that's totally okay. I, it's like, I, I feel so bad because it's like, I would, it's like, you know, our hope and dream is to watch a listener request and then just like love it and be able to praise it. But, you know, the whole purpose of the horror movie review podcast is to honestly review the movie. So it's like we're not going to be any less than ourselves. But if you really like this movie, uh, let us know why you like it, because I'd actually honestly be really interested to know because maybe there's just something that we didn't get about the movie. Because I, I really don't know any background on it. It's like, I just, we watched it with clear, <laughs> unfiltered eyes. <laughs> but anyways, the realism. This movie is kind of an, an average realism scale for me. It's not uh, particularly impressive, but it wasn't like too terrible. Um, I'm going to give it a four. 
my main beef with this movie is the random coincidences. Like Sue telling uh, Rachel's mother that telekinesis passes through the male genes. It's like she didn't give us any context that she's been researching this. Like, how does she know this? Like, I need to know. Um, she's doing this study exactly? Yeah, yeah. And I guess this could potentially be realistic. You can let me know what your opinion is on this, Jess. But one thing that really bothered me, uh, and I could, guess it could relate back to the entertainment scale, is whenever the police found out that a jock who was 18 was having sex with a another high schooler who was a 16-year-old, um, they were essentially going to try and um, charge him with that. But the dad of him was like, yeah, would you really want to like ruin a kid's life? It's like, it wouldn't be their fault. It was his choice to have sex with someone um, younger than him. That would be considered statutory rape. It's like, that. that's a... Maybe, I don't know if it's as big of a thing at the time but it's like at least whenever I was growing up that was like a huge like it was a very no well-known thing uh, and it was something to um you know especially when you're 18 19 and you're still like around uh younger teenagers than you is something that you were told to be very conscious of because it could ruin your life and but it's like <laughs> They were always told that was their own responsibility. So it's just so weird that the dad was like, oh, the, the police are going to <laughs> ruin a kid's life. It's like, it was his choice to make. But I don't know. That's my, my opinion on it. And then the my very last thing, because I know Jess has a longer list than I do probably, is when the, the sheet of metal fell on Rachel, why... She couldn't use her telekinesis to lift it up and save herself. That. All of that. <laughs> so what's your realism rating? I feel like a four is accurate, honestly. Um, I don't really see... I feel like we should have seen more of her learning about her abilities and trying to control them and everything. Again, that's something I had wished in the original Carrie movie too. It was just like, oh, suddenly she has these abilities and things and oh yeah, she, she just knows how to use them mm -hmm. correctly and how she wants every time without practice at all. Yeah. And <clears throat> she just knows her limits and everything she can do. And she can fling a football player across the freaking room and break stuff at the same time and send a fire poker through at least two people and a door. A very sturdy, thick door. But she can't lift some metal off of her or hold it up altogether to keep it from hitting either of them. Or even just push it up a little so the jock guy, Jesse, could pull her out of there? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I I'm calling bull on that. <laughs> I also feel like the security was extremely lax at the mental facility where her mother was being kept. <laughs> and don't nobody notice that there's a patient leaving. <laughs> 
Yeah, they escaped with gum. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of gum that didn't stick to the other side of the door. It didn't stick the two together. Seriously? I'm also calling bull on that. What kind of gum was she using? <laughs> doesn't stick. I'm calling major foul on that. Uh. I am very, very grateful that the dog made it with what seemed to be minor injuries. I feel like that would not generally have been the case. I also am very, very grateful that they had somehow, conveniently, a 24-hour animal hospital very close to them. You don't find those very often. (laughs) Hey, I went to a 24-hour animal hospital. There's quite a few in my area. Of course, I live in the suburbs, but... But they're not everywhere, and they seem to not really necessarily be in the suburbs, but a little bit more rural. Yeah, it's kind of like in in between. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of farm area. Speaking of farm areas, (laughs) when they first showed Jesse having sex with a girl, the girl that was super jealous of him getting with Rachel, they they had an audience. (laughs) Like... She didn't have something to say about that until after they were done. And then, even then, she didn't seem quite that upset about it when they were yelling and and jeering and everything at them. For some people, it's a fetish. I'm just putting that out there. But she didn't even really, like, say anything or or mention it or anything. And they were very clearly saying, like, give me the book. Let's update it. That kind of thing. Yeah, I and forgot she about didn't that. Question that didn't comment on anything. No, just yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about that. One thing I I forgot to mention, and it's the very last thing I have to mention, and then it's back to you. But it's I just wanted to mention it because I feel like we both have experience to to put input on this, but. Rachel's friend committing suicide and the reaction of the student. So while some of it was kind of extreme, like the the one guy going up and like filming, the other comments about is like, oh, she's a nobody and stuff like that. That I would say, unfortunately, is fairly realistic. And the reason why we have some stance on this is because in our high school, we had a student passed away. It was someone that is like a a friend of a friend. But I remember very clearly and vividly, even to this day, the school giving her a a moment of silence and people talking and laughing during that moment of silence. And it's like, teenagers, when you don't really have a, a good perception of death, and you don't fully understand your full your your mortality. I can understand it being very difficult to you know process uh, another like teenager's death or whatever. And I was annoyed. I I did experience that in our class too during the moment of silence. I of course was respectful. I didn't know her. I unfortunately kind of understand where the the girl in the movie was coming from saying that she was nobody. It's not that they were a nobody. It's that they were no one to us. We didn't know them. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to, to really be impacted by it. 
but you can still be respectful of it. Even if yeah. you don't really know the person, you can still be respectful of it. So that part kind of annoyed us and, and hit a chord. Yeah, it it's like, you know, some some scenes obviously were exaggerated to the movie's sake, but there there was definitely a, a ring of realism, unfortunately, to that part. It was. To the the scene itself, when she did kill herself, it did seem a little bit out of nowhere. I get that she was very upset about the whole situation and felt humiliated and everything, but I feel like, especially after they asked Rachel, did you notice any of the signs or anything? Did she seem depressed or did she have suicidal tendencies mm-hmm. and anything like that? Um, I feel like a lot of times the parents don't necessarily see a lot of those signs. Yeah. Because the kid wants to try to hide it and keep it to themselves and everything. I get that. But to hide it even from your closest friend is extremely difficult, if not impossible. Yeah. And normally I would imagine, you know, typically in cases where people commit suicide because of a situation, it's because they've been continuously bullied. It's like it's an ongoing thing and they can't take it anymore and unfortunately they decide to take that action while this it's like she hadn't really been bullied for it yet it's like she just found out and then she decided to <laughs> to do something about it <laughs> without even telling her friend without going to her or anything so that just kind of seemed odd to us that it, especially since she had seemed so happy before and joking around with her friend and yeah and hanging out and all and it just didn't seem like there was a build-up there yeah now i could you know when if this movie was trying to create all of these tragedies like first the tragedy with her uh, rachel's friend and then with rachel they could have kind of really heavily leaned on like almost like a shakespearean take which would have made the movie like if that's what if they want to go for that kind of feel, I think that would actually be kind of a cool take. But the fact that they have all of these different elements on why, on trying to make it more realistic, that it made the sore spots of the movie or the weaknesses of the movie, like the sudden suicide, just really stick out like a sore thumb. A little bit. I feel like it could have been just as impactful if she told the friend that maybe even just saying, you know, he dumped me. Like, I thought we were fine and we had this moment and a connection and he ended it out of nowhere and said I was nothing. And then I feel like that would have actually made a bit more of an impact once she got together with Jesse and her friend just warning her the whole time the same thing's going to happen to you i don't want this to happen to you he's just like all the others and then her finding out that he was included in that book and that they were keeping score for him too mm-hmm. i feel like that would have made a bit more of an impact yeah that's an interesting take or like even on the bus scene like if they want to keep the same pacing of the film 
in the bus scene, she could have been, her friend could have been like breaking down and like really upset. And she's like, oh, what's wrong? And then, you know, kind of, they could have at least established some sort of negative, you know, emotions going in through her friends. <laughs> that way the yeah. suicide didn't seem so random. Yeah. So just our takes on it. It wasn't, it wasn't quite there for us, but it, I don't know. We've seen a lot worse than this. It again, yeah. it's not one I'm going to reach for over and over, but I might watch it again. It's just not going to be the first one that I go for. Honestly, I would watch this movie again just to get like the 90s nostalgia. <laughs> like if you guys want like you you want to be transported back into the 90s and remember about those those old days. <laughs> Watch, watch this movie because you will be. We're trying to forget. <laughs> you will be smacked in the face with the '90s like every moment. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got for realism. Do you have anything else? No, I'm good. All right. Well, we do have a few more requests from Nicole. We are going to try to get to those as uh, quickly as we can. Of course, streaming services permitting. <laughs> if we can make it work, then we will get to them immediately. If not, it might take us just a, a week or two to, to get everything settled there. But in the meantime, if anybody else has any other requests or any movies that they want to see us watch and review, then please let us know. If you have any requests for any games that you want us to play for our live streams, please let us know about those as well. And in the meantime, guys, stay safe and stay spooky. Bye. Bye.